0: In 1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach podcast. All right, we've done like serious podcast stuff and and uh, got all the carvers here except Jamie Welsh and and Tom Christie and and Pat Godden and Wayne Simkin and you know 28 World Championships later you know we got these guys we got such a elite group uh, of carvers and uh, sportsmen and waterfowlers and uh, and and we want to kind of get to you know like a like a lighter side of being a sportsman and the fun part not that not that carving and and doing all the stuff isn't fun because it's a blast you know you know working with you guys and working on projects and having you know having this stuff come out and everything about it but you know uh we always talk about the passion side and and the the fun side and and to me obviously the fun the fun side the ultimate fun side is 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 sitting the other day in a pit you know next to all you guys and and calling ducks and shooting ducks i mean that's the you know i don't know about well i know about you guys but i i guess the the thing that got us all into this was was really chasing, chasing birds and studying them and watching them and looking at them and admiring them and and just the, the adrenaline rush of of chasing birds and, you know, I mean let's we could just like throw it around the room and just start talking and telling stories and bsing but, you know, I I remember the first time I went hunting and when it clicked to me that I was going to be a waterfowler and that was my calling, so you know I. You know, if you, I mean, everybody is a different age and kind of going back to, you know, maybe the first time you went hunting and, you know, talk, we could talk about like cool experiences or memorable hunts. I mean, everybody has so many, but we could just kind of go, uh, I'm not going in an order of age. So we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of go, Tom, you go first. Like, I don't know
1: what, what are you trying to say? No, what, no, no. I'm I, the I old said, I wasn't, or? I say I wasn't
0: going age. <laughs> You're just oh, next oh, okay. to me, so Sorry. we're going that route.
1: I gotcha. So hunting experiences—yeah, what stands
0: yeah. out? Like, I, you know, like I, like to me, I know what favorite birds I want to chase, my favorite places I've been. Like, just I'm just we're yeah. just bsing right now.
1: I think, uh, you know, like like a lot of hunters, the the ones I remember are the ones I missed. <laughs> sometimes more than the ones I got like Wayne Spoony you know, the other day or, or what? When, well, when you were talking about hunting, you know, I used to hunt with my dad and he got me into waterfowling and we would jump shoot ducks. I right. think I mentioned that on the Tippecanoe river and right, that was an awesome thing. And one of the first times that I got to hold the gun and be in the front of the boat, you know, I was a pretty young kid, felt this deep sense of responsibility to not miss. And we're floating down the Tippecanoe River, and we never see geese. Um, And that day, I was in the front of the boat.
0: Well, being in the front of the boat, that's like the escalation. Like, you've arrived, because now you're not paddling, and you're not shooting. You now are in the front of the boat, and you are the one shooting.
1: Yeah. And speaking of paddling, I I think I learned a lot of life lessons paddling down the (laughs) Tippecanoe River, because... Uh, the current was pretty fast, kay. and you always had to hug the inside of the next curve because you wanted to you surprise wanted to surpri- the ducks. That's right. And you really had to think ahead, and I didn't figure that out for a while. And well, we, did your dad let go you go know that? go around the corner backwards, you know, and uh, he was kind enough to, to teach me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I moved my, my way up to the front of the boat <laughs> after passing that test, and uh, we, we hear these geese. And I'm thinking, geese, what are they doing? And it probably took us, it felt like an hour yeah. to float to into get these to geese, and they w- they would not move. And I'm in the front of them, and I kept going. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, We, a at Anna. we, we floated <laughs> right into this bunch of, <laughs> of geese before oh they God. took off. And you might imagine the end of the story that I'm going to tell is bang 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 no, no birds no joy <laughs> oh man and it was it was <laughs> but you know I was so I was so excited I think I was just
0: oh you you're just jacked
1: up cuz we couldn't Neither of us could believe we floated right into that group of geese, and they were so close I could have reached out and just hit them grab with the, the gun. But anyway, that's just one story I can think of.
0: Oh, we'll we'll go through a bunch. Like so, I so before I go to Pat, I'll I'll, I'll throw it because the first, like because this is what happens on on a session like this. Like you tell a story, and I think it's something immediately, and then it sticks with me. As soon as you said geese, I remember I remember the first time we went on the Susquehanna River up in Pennsylvania, and. Uh, it was a morning hunt, and we were on the bank, and we had a bunch of decoys out. And I strictly remember there was a lone honker that <sighs> he got shot at downriver and then came upriver, and there were some guys that had a boat that were on one of the islands, and then they shot at him. And then he went all the way up river, and the guys up river shot at him. And then he came back down, and somebody else shot at him. And <laughs> that poor goose got shot at like I don't know how many times, running right? Running the gauntlet, and when he came back down and he passed those guys on the island again, he came down and I think he was going to go on the outside of the island and he and he just changed his mind at the last minute and must have floated a little too close to those guys, and they shot a couple times and they had hit him, and then I don't think they I don't think they either watched him or or they weren't sure, and I we were on this side of the shore on this side of the river and I watched him and watched him and he was going going and he was going towards this rock quarry. And I watched him, and then all of a sudden I watched him go down, and I and I was, it was me, my dad, my brother, and this guy we used to hunt with, Booker. And I said, I said, Dad, that goose went down. And he said, he said, what? And I said, I watched him go down right by the walk, rock quarry. And I said, if we run up to the truck and go down to the rock quarry, I know he's right, I know exactly where he is. And my dad's looking at me like, uh, did you really see, like, you know, are you, <laughs> And I said, I kn- I know it. And literally, we get in the truck, and me and my dad and my brother, Booker stayed back, me and my dad and my brother go flying down to the rock quarry and, and pull up. And we, we pull, like, into the parking lot, and there's this big, you know, sand gravel bank, and then right down to the river, right? And I said, it was right here. I know it. And we get out, and I just like, and my dad's like, okay. And I had a 20-gauge 870, I remember. And my dad's like okay, get a couple shells and get the gun. And he's like, we'll walk to the bank. Maybe he's on the shore. And literally, I I turn around and I grab a couple shells and I put them in the gun and and I make sure the safety's on. And I take two steps. And all of a sudden, on the other side of the bank, I just see this, this big head pop up. And I go,
2: (laughs) I go, he's right there,
0: right? And my dad's like, okay, just take your time and start walking close and he's going to get up. So be ready. It's a big bird. Well, he's hit pretty hard I don't know this, right? So I'm walking and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer. And I'm literally ten yards away.
1: <laughs> you better <laughs> and Shaking
0: with the that. gun, right? And I'm <laughs> I look back at my dad and I go, He's not flying and my dad's like,
3: shoot him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I saw I turkey punched him and sawed a pretty good he was done right there, right? Now. This is no BS. I go running over the bank. Obviously, I put the safety on and take off one gauge shot, run over the bank, grab it, and come back. And I, I saw them pretty good like a turkey, so there is blood everywhere. And I come running back. And at this time, I'm so jacked. I'm, like, beside myself. This is the first goose I ever shot. Like, I'm, like, 12 or whatever I am. I come running back. I know nothing at the time. Banned. Oh, so how many guys shot at that goose? Nobody went to retrieve it. Nobody did. It's got a band.
1: Wow, that's awesome.
0: And my dad has the band at home in a box, like the whole deal, right? So and but my my dad maybe put the goose's head in a plastic bag because it was that bad of a (laughs) shot like that was bloody. (laughs) But I'll never I'll never forget that. That was like that was like another thing that I was like, no, no, I watched it. I saw it go down like the whole deal. Go ahead, Pat. That's, your turn. Like uh, I just like I don't know. It's those stories that you, you it takes you back.
3: Yeah, yeah, man i I can't you, think of the story so I want to tell. Places, I've got so many stories I could tell. Not uh, not enough time. But go back to when you were a kid, maybe or something. Like, well, you, you yeah. hunted in such oh yeah
0: different, you know, well, Louisiana uh, or or all these places. Like
3: yeah, well, I've been involved in carving so long that a lot of my hunting trips also doubled as specimen collecting. trips, Um, and I remember every time I shot a duck, I'd be looking at that duck and just, I know, absorbing all the information about that bird. Um, I carved my first competition decoy, green wing teal 1973. I still have the mount of that bird I used. And I had done the taxidermy work on it myself. So I had, uh, at that time, I, I was mounting a lot of the, the good specimens that I had that, you got. that I had shot. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that <laughs> I, I collected a lot of my reference material through, uh, during the hunts that I made. And, uh, the one, one that I, <laughs> there was back in, I don't know, early nineties, uh, I had this idea. I wanted to do this spectacular pair of pintails and I had, um, a fairly fresh Drake pintail specimen, but I didn't have a hand. Okay. And of course I, I did a lot of hunting in. uh, I, I've hunted all over the place from Saskatchewan, North Dakota, Michigan, uh, the East coast and Maryland and a lot in Louisiana, cause that's where my father-in-law was from and we hunted a lot. And, um, so he was a, just a passionate waterfowl. Jimmy, oh, yeah. Jimmy Vizier, a legendary carver. Uh, so anyway, I, we went out to hunt and one of my objectives during my trip down there was to try to collect the pintail hen, right. cause the limits down there was one, one pintail. One total, right. So, um, I had, uh. S- uh, set myself up in this one spot in his hunting area, and um, I had in my mind, if I get a chance, I'm going to collect that pintail hen. Well, I had a beautiful pair of pintails, drake and a hen, decoying in, I used my little pintail whistle, and they were yeah. coming in. Got them. Now, almost everybody would shot the drake, and I, in almost all situations, I you would... would Rather shoot the Drake, but I knew I had to shoot the hen. <laughs> so anyway, I did. Sh- I ended up shooting the hen, and uh, I had my limit of pintails right there. And uh, um, I, again, I did the taxidermy work on that bird, and I, that's been the primary reference for several um, of my highest quality pintail hand carvings. Um, but I, I even thought at the time. I thought, Man, I'd love to shoot that Drake, but <laughs> but I, I had I'm, to here shoot that. A, I'm here for I'm here for work. And it was it was an absolutely beautiful was hand. It? So I don't, you know, from my perspective, I didn't regret taking yeah, so that I'm, bird.
0: I mean, that's like uh, like you said, it's 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 almost more of a work thing. I mean, it it sounds like terrible work. Like you got to go hunting and collect specimens, and yeah. you know that sounds like a pretty rough. Rough job. We were doing it the somebody other day. Somebody had kinda. to do it. Yeah, somebody, somebody has to be sent <laughs> yeah, you know, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. about you, Wayne? What? Uh,
2: well, it's kind of funny. Like you, again, talk about things that kind of trigger a memory. Absolutely. I remember my, my first goose, we were down at the uh, Big Creek Club, which was a private club down on the western shore of uh, Lake Erie. Yeah. And it was primarily mallards that were in there. And we heard a goose. And I was there with my, my 870 20 gauge yep. with a poly choke on it. All, all of and us. And as soon as I heard the goose, I cranked her eight down. Full, You're extra, high. extra You're full. You're like, I'm, I'm ready. And the goose is coming. And my dad was saying he could hear as the goose got closer to hear, click, click. As I'm opening <laughs> up the choke, you know, he's coming closer. I'm dialing closer, him in. Yeah. And he finally came in, knocked him down. And I remember my dad saying, okay, when he hits the water, if he's moving, shoot him again. That's right. And he came down, he was belly up, but his feet were flopping. So I was just peppering him. I think <laughs> I, <laughs> he's moving. I think, I, one was, foot I, think I was sixteen at the time. And just so excited to get my, my first goose. It w- it was it was incredible. Oh my well, god. Back the, in
3: those days goose geese were pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a real trophy. Yeah. No Today it was. Today a goose really isn't a trophy, but no, there wasn't the number of giants days. around
2: that there is then, but I think recently, like sort of one of the memorable ones is going down to Lake St. Clair for the first time about, I guess it was about nine years ago and just being around the sort of the Mecca of waterfowling in, right. in Ontario that, you know, with the old market hunting days and then the private clubs. Oh and, yeah. And that type of thing and, and sitting out in that marsh and, you know, looking out in the, in the bay and seeing literally tens of thousands of birds getting up. We didn't shoot a lot of birds, but it's just the, the, scene. Envir- the, the environment was incredible. It was. You know, just to be a part of that, watching the swans flying around. And, yeah. And, you know, and then shooting my first canvas back. I mean, that's. Yeah.
0: I mean, heck, I, I mean, I didn't shoot my first canvas back until, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania. It's, it's mallards, a couple black ducks, a couple wood ducks. Occasionally you'll see a widgeon if, like, they get, you swear they got lost. Lots of Canada geese, lots of big Canada geese. Now it's changed where there's a ton of snows. Uh, But, you know, we couldn't wait till, you know, the opening weekend of deer season because that was going to be right after Thanksgiving. And then nobody would show up to school Monday. So they made Monday a holiday. So then they never even had school because everybody was at deer camp. So then they finally just canceled school on Monday. So Pennsylvania, like, that's a national holiday. So uh, we couldn't wait for deer season because we're thinking, man, as soon as everybody starts deer hunting, we're going to have every goose field and pond. Like, we got it. We got it made soon as soon as deer season starts because everybody's gonna deer hunt and we're just gonna have it all and that's how it was. Me and my brother were you know, we had just gotten out of college and we were already working and we were living in in Allentown at the time and man the goose hunting was just absolutely lights out. But shooting other birds was like, you know, you weren't gonna find that much other ducks until I then I got into a different industry and started moving around the country. So, you know, you guys have have you always been in Canada, or moved, or or you I've know? always been
2: lived in Canada. Okay, yeah.
0: and Pat, you? Yes. Uh, but but uh, hunted and traveled a lot, so oh, you've been to all hunted, the states, right? I've
3: hunted in a lot of places. Yeah, you know? I had the fortunate uh, opportunities to do that. Yeah,
0: and Tom, you? I
1: was I was a manufacturing guy, so I moved to quite a few places around the country. Lived in sure. Indiana, Ohio, went overseas just. One more memorable hunt while we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. In Ohio, when I was stationed there uh, working with Whirlpool Co- uh, Corporation, a buddy of mine got permission to hunt this flooded bean field, and it wasn't a normal hunting spot. Right. And I thought, yeah, I'll go, go with you. I'm in. And we went out there in the dark and got in a, a fence row close to this flooded bean field. And before it got light, we could hear the birds coming in over overhead and you could hear their wings hitting each other as they're bombing into this bean field and it started to get light and we didn't want to shoot because the ducks were just pouring in and we looked up and there was this, we called them killer bees, it was like this spiral of just a swarm a swarm above us and they just kept spiraling around and coming down and there must have been a thousand ducks coming down and we were just kind of (laughs) stunned nobody wanted to shoot there was just the two of us but being hunters we did decide at one point we are going to (laughs) shoot so we we kind of leaned to each other and and we you know black ducks were prized sure uh, if you, know, you could find yes. a black duck, and there were black ducks out there, and we, I said, I'm, I'm taking the one on the left, you take the one on the right, and we, at one point, just had to flush the group, and we picked the black ducks off first, and then pretty much got our limit right away there, but it was one just go. an incredible experience See sitting under there in awe, watching those birds spiral down and just land right in front of us, so. You know, it's that type of experience that just drives your passion.
0: Yeah. Being able to move in the industry I was in before and move all around the country and then, you know, go from the East Coast to a little bit in the South, like North Carolina, and then moving out to West, you know, like I had shot a couple of different birds on the East and, and whatever, and then moving West, I shot my first can. I shot my first can at, at uh, Summer Lake in Oregon, and it wasn't a real good one. But <clears throat> there was uh, three drakes in one hand, and they, they it was early, so they weren't really plumed up. But I'll I'll never forget like, and and this is a time when I just get out there, and I've never even seen a canvas back live, right? Mm-hmm. Like like while I'm hunting, like you see them maybe somewhere, and and then all of a sudden, like you see them pitch over this big pool of water, and and I'm. I see them and I'm like, holy crap! And I just pull the gun and just pray like one of them's gonna fall. And one of the Drakes fell, and I was like, I was I was beside myself. The dog comes back and I got a can and I'm like, out of my mind. Like that was that was one of the coolest things. I was not expecting to see a canvas back at Summer Lake, which was like. All puddle ducks. I mean, tons of, I mean, mallards and a lot of gadwall and teal and you name it. And so early in the season, I was not expecting that. So that just blew me away. It wasn't a great one. I didn't mount it, but that was a.
1: It was the first one. Oh,
0: it was the first one. Yeah. I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday, you know, the first can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first anything kind of, I remember my first pintail. You know what i mean where i was because pennsylvania you're not seeing pintails right you know then then i moved to california and and I'll, i was in bakersfield i'll never forget it i was in a, a pit i was in this little club that had different places different ways and it was a foggy morning and sitting there and nothing's really moving and then all of a sudden it's like it's like a it's like a movie all of a sudden, these this group of pintails comes out of the fog and makes a swing like right in front of me and they turn and I see like a a monster bull right and I'm like holy crap and they make one right turn and they come right in the decoys and I stand up and I shoot and I swear I thought I shot one but I can't tell because it's kind of foggy and I send the dog and I'm like oh my god did I get one did I not get one and I'm sitting there I'm in the pit and I'm kind of up to here and I'm watching and I'm looking for the dog. And all of a sudden he comes out of the fog with this, this monster pintail. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know what, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not with anybody. Like there's nobody to go. That's awesome. And I'm just like, me and the dog are just having this experience that just absolutely just blows my mind. And that's the first pintail I, I get mounted. That's the first bird I, well, my dad did some birds for us when we were kids. Right. But, but. That's the first bird I go get mounted and, and
2: is on my wall today, you know, like just nuts. Yeah, no, there's nothing like that. And I- when you target a bird, like that canvas back I was telling you about that I shot down Lake St. Clair, I was going down there, yeah. you know, for more than one reason, but it was just before the canvas backs were the pairs for the world championships and I wanted to get you know, some nice nice specimens. Right. And, and I ended up getting them there. And it was one of the canvasbacks that I shot that day was just an absolute snowball. Like you can see him coming in with a group of birds. And, you know, the, some of the drakes were kind of a whitish color. And this but guy was, was just white. And I just, and I had it in the back of my mind. I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss. I just know <laughs> it. <But Yeah. laughs> you talked yourself into it.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> into missing. No, no, I got him.
1: You did get him. Oh, my God. <laughs> The it, first uh, canvas bag I ever got it was l- kind of like yours. Out of the blue, I'm in Ohio, and this canvas bag shows up, and it's incredible. And I knocked him down, but I didn't kill him. And I'm in a rowboat oh my God. with no motor oh. on the river, and uh, I'm beside myself to go get this canvas and bag. And now the chase is on. And the chase is on, and if you could have seen... <laughs> Me rowing the oh. boat, and, and I got out National in the middle crew, of crew. And every up. once in a while, you'd see this little guy stand up and, poof, and then sit back down and start rowing like a fiend get it up National lane. crew champion,
0: yeah. you know Tom Christie on the U.S. Olympic team for, well, it was for a rowing.
1: Stupid thing to do because I'm in a rowboat in the middle of a river with a stiff wind, oh. and by the time I realized where I was, I was about half mile down river, and. um Never got the canvas back. So oh, this, is a, no. this is a sad story. Oh. But anyway, I, there was so I turned to row back, and there was no way. Oh my oh. God! Did you just and go I, to shore? I, kept, I I went to shore, oh. and I walked the boat through mud flats. So. Oh back to my blind, and I was so exhausted, every once in a while I had to just stop and lay down in the boat and catch my (laughs) (laughs) breath. And so I figured by the time I got back to the blind, well, that's what you get, Christy, for wounding the only canvas back you ever got. And that's
0: what you get for not having a motor on that boat. i got to save money, and i got I got to stop this nonsense.
1: I didn't have any money, but I, I was out there in a rowboat. stupid, but I'll never forget it.
0: Most of the most of the stories, either come from something as triumphant as that, well, <laughs> right. as as Wayne's like, or as deflating right. as yours. Exactly. Or like yeah, I've yeah. had so many of those stories, but they're the memories that stick with you. Unfortunately, right? You're like, you know, like your worst time waterfowling, like whatever the worst experience was, whether you fall in the water fall out of the boat you know you have to trudge 20 miles in mud that's where you, you know you you're like why am i doing this like those are the stories that stick with you just as much as like shooting that first can or right. shooting your first goose or what a, like those missing are the a spoonie uh, or yeah or yeah, or miss like whatever <laughs> i mean that's yeah. that, that's
1: what kind. And i'm of just telling the sad stories but they're great you know obviously a lot yeah. of great no and great i think as a
2: carver too and i probably the other two guys can agree that sort of one of the ultimate limits of birds is to have, you know, if you got a six bird limit wherever you are to have six different species. You know, yeah. it's just it's a lot of fun you see them coming in. Oh, there's a wigeon, you know, it's, or there's a gadwall and I mean this, if you have that, that opportunity, yeah. 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 If you have
0: that opportunity, you know, I've never experienced that until I I did move out west, right? And then, you know, we 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 go out and and I say to myself, you know, you start seeing all these birds, and you're like, maybe this is the day. You know, maybe I try it. You know, you shoot a mallard, and then it's like widgeon coming, and then you shoot a widgeon, and then it's like some pintails. You shoot your pintail, and then teal buzz by, and you burn one of those. And then you're like, I can make this happen, right? And and and, and you know, I, I don't I don't even remember if I I know I shot all drakes on. I don't know what I shot in teal. I don't remember, but I know I shot a drake mallard, a drake widgeon, a drake pintail. So I'm three drakes in the hole, and then I know I shot a, uh, I shot shot a blue bill a drake blue bill, and I shot a green wing teal, and then I shot I don't know what I shot next, uh, I, I don't even know what it was. It might have been a I don't think it was a spoonie. It might have been a can or a buffalo head or something. But I but it was like there you go. There's your seven, you know. And it's just you know who can do that like yeah. shooting all mallards drake mallards is awesome. Oh, that's but, fantastic. but you know yeah. but.
3: It's rare, it's rare to have the place where you can actually do that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You know, some right. places you're primarily one species of bird maybe the odd other bird that'll come in, but yeah. to, to yeah. get, to have the opportunity to k- shoot that many birds. No, most, most Mind times when I've
2: been out hunting that, <laughs> I mean, if you have six birds fly in, you're going to be shooting at six birds, whether That's right. they're, they're mallards or black ducks or buffalo heads or whatever. You got to make it, it that, happen, yeah.
0: you know, but to have the luxury at a place like that. And, and a day when you s- you're seeing that many birds and you have the choice. You know, like, listen, you know, we've been on those hunts where you can, you know, absolutely shoot, you know, all your your limit of Drake Mallards or, you know, uh, you know, Drake Mallards and your bonus duck of, of uh, a Drake Pintail or a Wigeon or, you know, something like that. But, you know, being able to be able to pick out birds and go through that, you have the luxury to do that. That's pretty awesome.
1: It is. It's,
2: it's a rare opportunity.
0: Yeah.
3: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I got a. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got a. Interesting decoy story. Go for it. Um, this is quite a long ways back. We uh, planned a trip to uh, James Bay to hunt snow geese. This is way before snow geese were overabundant and right. everything. So it was a, a real... Like a big this, deal. Yeah, it was a real big deal. Yeah. Of course, you had to fly up, then you had to get on a float plane, fly to the camp. Um, and uh, so I was always... I was, I was carving at that time carbon decoys, so I was kind of interested well, what are they going to use for decoys up here? Well, they were, they were, they were the native Aboriginal guides that, that took us out. Right. And, um, I can't remember if they had two or three of us, the one guy took us to this spot and, uh, had a little willow blind that had been already, they'd probably hunted out of it, but there was no decoys. That's, uh, uh I knew we were going to try to decoy birds and, uh, he got this stick, and he got his hatchet, and he started hacking away at it and formed like a little chisel thing, and uh, it turned out that, that was his uh, little shovel he was making. He'd go out in the mud flat, and he'd, he'd dig around a little circle, and he'd turn this uh, chunk of mud over top to make a little mound. And he did this with a whole whole bunch of these, and then he he had these uh, whole bunch of white feathers from the secondary feathers from... Uh, from a snow goose right. that they had obviously had plucked around that he'd uh, take those and he stuck them in that was representing the head <laughs> of a uh, well what it would turn out to be a blue goose <laughs> well you know you look at them close you think, Man. I mean, they, they don't look like anything but right. you stood back and you've seen all these out there it, it looked like a, 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 <laughs> a flock of, of geese and sure enough we decoyed birds into that Oh my God! Put that uh, that puts it in perspective. These are real naive birds, so sure, They decoy, but still, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, but you know, we're trying to make really refined, beautiful decoys. But up there, the the, the very simple method worked, and uh, of course, they were doing all their calling these birds by uh, by call. their mouth calls and. Um,
2: yeah, know When I was in Moose Knee, there they used to get the the kids. The 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 boys that when their voices were starting to crack right and they'd put them out with the decoys oh my god the call <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> to the real high <laughs> pitch and... <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well,
0: so let's let's do this like that just spurred something that i thought of like um so obviously everybody's a decoy guy here so what about like the most the weirdest or most primitive or off the wall like like decoys that you remember ever seeing or hunting over or whatever, because I I think of, you know, me and my brother made card. Well, we cut out plywood silhouettes and painted them and, and did the black and white, no detail, like literally just, uh, I guess you would call them gunning silhouettes at the time. You know what I mean? No, no detail, no nothing. I remember doing that. I remember guys in Maryland cutting tires in Uh half and the tires, you know, using those. And if they wanted to have, like, snows in there, they would paint the tires white. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that goes way back. So, you know, can yeah. you think of anything that we, you're like, I can't believe we're hunting over that or I, I whatever. Yeah,
2: I've hunted over <clears throat> tires. Yeah. I mean, and we just had some silhouette heads. Correct. That we put the white cheek patch on, stuck it in front of the tire. And, and off you go. And, you know, the birds came in. I mean, there were new birds. I don't think you could pull well-educated Canada geese in. Right. You know, it's like where I live, they get pounded pretty good. So right. they're, they smarten up in a hurry. But I mean, the first decoys that I made that I hunted over were pretty primitive in, in my standards nowadays. That, sure. And, uh, you know, some of them collected a bit of shot and it, uh, and I think that's the, the tire decoys are probably the most, most primitive that I've hunted over. I've made some silhouettes for right. puddle ducks and that for out in the field. Sure. So.
0: I. I uh, my buddy up in in Alberta, Brad Fenson, who's an outdoor writer. So Brad gave me a couple decoys, and so did Tyler. And I, I there, Tyler's is a silhouette decoy that's so old it's unbelievable. But Brad gives me this. It looks like a mallard, right? And it literally is like an oblong, like just shape, and it's kind of painted like. So if you were looking down at a mallard, it kind of looks like the top of the mallard, right? But there's no head. There's no and I'm like, and I, and he gives me this, and he's got a couple of them, and I start looking at it, and it literally is some kind of belt off a f- piece of farm equipment. Mm. A big, like, <laughs> conveyor belt, mm. or that and, and somebody had, literally they would take those and put them out in the field, and then underneath there was like a little leather like strap that was kind of riveted that you could tie line to and i'm guessing i haven't tried it i have it at home i'm guessing it would float and they would just put it on the water and but it would lay flat but i'm like that is the most that's i mean i've never all the places i've been the decoy museum like call it which i've never seen one like that hmm. i don't know if you guys have ever heard or seen it but it it literally it was this thick it was like a like i don't i, I want to say like a fan belt but like a conveyor belt Craziest thing, never
2: heard of that. No, it almost goes exactly the opposite of what you would figure a decoy because you've always want that profile sticking up. No head, no nothing, yeah. just
0: straight flat.
2: Yeah. So they only see it when they're flying over top.
0: I, yeah. Uh. I mean, go figure. Like you know, the most primitive decoys and going way, way back. I mean, where all this started. So. But did it work? I have no idea. Huh. You know what I mean? I got it at the house. I only got one of them, so probably wouldn't get many in with just one, but I don't know if I had 20 or 30. Like, who knows? But, like, who who all of a sudden looked at, a like, a like a conveyor belt on the farm, right, and was like, oh, let's chop that up and make a decoy? Like, who? That's what I mean. That's like a real waterfowl mind. Like, he's got problems, or like us. Crab buoy or a <laughs> yeah.
1: Clorox bottle you paint black and yeah. hang out there, and yeah. it'll pull them in. I, I'm like Wayne, the most rudimentary thing I've ever hunted over as my own first decoy. Really? They yeah. weren't very pretty, but they, they were effective. What, they
0: were a, what did they used to use, Pat, down in Louisiana and stuff? Did you ever see yeah. wild stuff down there? Or?
3: Not really, because they they had been real seriously into carving, yeah. you know, decent representation of ducks from, you know, several generations. So, um, you know, that the one thing that they did to a lot of the, of course, down there they hunt out of Pirogues, which are nope. narrow little boats that sometimes aren't that stable, but they also <laughs> have limited, limited uh, room for to put gear in. Right. So, um, a lot of them carved decoys that were really small versions. Okay. So they, they're small versions so of mallards or pintails, so they could put more in the sack of decoys, so that they have more quantity right. uh, mm-hmm. when they put them out. So that was kind of a uh, something that you look at the old decoys that they made down there. A lot, a lot of them are, are fairly small. And, I, and, and you know, my father used to say, well, it's because we hunt out of pirogues all the time. And uh, I don't they think... They used
1: ma- a lot of cypress root. Is that oh, yeah, yeah. Cypress, cypress root.
3: Cypress root. And cypress root doesn't come very Big. large. Right. So they would make all the right. decoy according to the size of wood they had. So sure. if they had a smaller piece of wood, they'd have a smaller decoy in the end. Uh, that's, you know, that's a, you look at all the different styles that come out from, uh, of decoys carving over, you know, long, long time ago from all the different regions. Right. They're all different, different styles. You go to Michigan and there are a lot of big decoys that they hunt the big water with yes. on the great lakes and, uh. Um, then there's carvings where they hunted the rivers a lot, so they made them a specific style to hunt in the rivers. Chesapeake
1: Bay with round bottoms. Yeah. And to handle waves. And-
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every
0: every place you're you're right. I mean, every place has its own. I mean, you you, you know, when I when I moved to Oregon, I didn't understand all the the history there until I was there, and and Don Guthrie, uh, uh, who had columbia river decoys and i had met don at the time and and became super close friends and still to this day but you know don taught me all all this market gunners you know out of astoria you know which is a another famed area for you know carvers and market gunners and 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 you had all these you know i learned all these different boats uh uh and and classic boats that came out of there and the market gunners and the duck shacks that are floating You know down that way and and the decoy carvers and and there's you know everybody will always talk about you know maryland and and the eastern shore and and then you talk about you know michigan and a couple other places or ontario even up with you guys i mean yeah there's a
3: lot of great tradition in ontario i mean the the tradition out there was just incredible right
0: yeah um i was thinking of this and i'll 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 go first and then you guys could think about uh your you know, experience, um, but out of all the birds, waterfowl birds that we we chase, ducks and geese, uh, what have you not harvested? So think about that, and I'll 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 start because I know I don't even know if I know all of them. I know, I know I do. I'm missing. You know, out of like say you're the 41, you know, everybody chases the 41 or whatever, you know what I mean, the species or whatever, let's call it. Uh, I don't have, and mine aren't that hard, I don't think, and I don't even know them all. I might have to pull up the thing, but I know I don't, I don't have a redhead, never shot a redhead. I have not shot either golden eyes. Uh, I don't have the whistling uh, or the fulvis tree duck. You know what I mean? I don't have those, and I'm trying to think of what, and I could pull the list up on my phone to kind of take a look, but I don't. I'm trying to think of what I what else I don't have, uh, but those I don't have. I have I have all the geese, I believe. I even have a, a swan that when we went to Utah, we drew our swan tags and, and got to shoot a swan. Uh, oh, I'm missing a Brant, believe it or not. I'm missing both. I'm missing Pacific and Atlantic. So there's there's two more I'm I'm missing. So is, is your brain working, Wayne? Do you know like what you're missing? Or
2: well, I know what I'm missing, but yeah. it's just it's been opportunity. Well, sure. You know, it's just if I was to say, okay, what would be some of the birds that I would love to harvest? Right. I think a harlequin duck could be. Right I'm up missing there. that
0: one. I'm missing that.
2: Um, I managed. I. A friend and I lucked into. I some, better make a list here. I'm missing king. old squad
0: too. I just thought of that. I'm missing that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I,
2: but a friend that <laughs> I we harvested a couple of king eiders on Lake Ontario, which is, that. you know, really really strange. That's rare. Uh, and it was, uh, like I say, it was a friend that I actually a fellow carver was out at uh, Presqu' Isle Point, right. and we saw these three birds coming in, and we're both pretty good at our duck ID. Sure. And they're coming in and coming in. And I didn't look like, want to look like a fool and say, I think they're eiders. But you were kind of stunned a little bit. I was kind of thinking, you know, you kind of going through the list and knocking things down and say, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. And sure enough, just as they're coming to the decoys, it's like, I said to Lionel, I said, those are eiders, you know, and we were lucky enough. We, we scratched down three of them and it was a nice hen and and two juveniles. But, uh, but I, I really like to get a nice mature male King king eider, um, those those would probably be the top two. But again, it's just opportunity sure. to, to get something like that. The the local birds that, you know, I've, like going back to the canvas back, I've always wanted oh, yeah. to get a canvas back, and I didn't get one until a few years ago. Uh, redheads, you know, but then the puddle ducks to shoot. And I guess my thing is not necessarily a species, but is, is a prime representative of the species. Well, sure, a good one. Yeah, you right. know, like a, a drake pintail. I still haven't, haven't got one of those. I've shot some some juveniles and some molting birds. Wes, and Bubba. I got you.
0: Okay. Come on, West. We'll <laughs> okay. get you. We'll get you an ink pen I call him where you could pull it out and just write your John Hancock with I got one the, of those They're so long. there. Buddy, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What about you, Pat? I mean, you've traveled pretty, you know.
3: Yeah, but uh, good. I have to say um there's a lot a lot more birds that I haven't shot right. that that I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh you know i i could i could say there's some some that i'm uh, i was fortunate to harvest that i wasn't sure. expecting like one was a model duck in louisiana oh yeah see i've never yeah i i'd never i i right. i sh- shot one and i only had one opportunity um and i've i've i managed to shoot shovelers oh yeah and then um a bird that's really difficult to get, um, uh, in, in really, really good plumage is a blue-winged teal, uh, the drake, uh, but, you know, hunting in Louisiana in January, Prime. I was lucky enough. And the you know, interesting thing is most of those blue-wings have already gone further south from Louisiana. Oh, they're in Mexico at yeah, that point, Mexico right? Mexico and, uh, even some of the Caribbean islands, apparently, uh, Barbados, the the only duck that they have there are blue winged teal in the winter. Next trip, yeah,
0: <laughs> Barbados. Yeah, Tom, in?
3: Yeah.
1: For me, the sea ducks.
0: Oh, I'm saying, are you in for the Barbados? <laughs> trip? Oh,
1: oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah. Are oh, you yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I'm I'm, I'm in shorts. on that pintail trip too. I'd oh, really yeah. Want to do well, that. <laughs> that we're
0: moving as, yeah. as, as long as, long as <laughs> we're asking. Yeah, let's go. Was there anything else that you were thinking?
3: <laughs> um, and then we'll I, come right yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. No, I. The the whole bunch of the sea ducks, I, yeah. you know, I've I've got, you know, bull squaws and um, none of none of the eiders, right. and they they would all be great birds to collect. And yeah. I my son lives in Alaska, so oh yeah, I may have get the opportunity to do that one day.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 you know, like Wayne was talking about, you know, some things and what you want to chase versus like, do I want to go. You know, shoot a fulvous tree duck or a whistling duck or a model duck like that I, I i'm not I don't necessarily need to like check that off. like I'm not like chasing the forty one or doing you know doing that like I don't want to check like I don't that doesn't seem like anything like if I had the opportunity cool, but do i do I want like the redheads on the top like but I haven't shot a a blue wing prime, Yes. you know what I mean like that's there, yeah. like those two probably are the highest you know do i have opportunities to shoot golden eyes yes have i like i haven't just pressed that issue like we were on the snake river a long time ago in idaho and i just they were just buzzing by us like it was you know traffic and i just didn't shoot one like because we were shooting all mallards and widgeons so i didn't i I didn't want to be the guy to shoot the you know well i would have been that guy I was thinking, I, listen, I, I had thought about it and I was like, at that were, time I was working for Buck Gardner and I was thinking to myself, you know, because they, they would get like almost hot, like you shot a widgeon, And I'm thinking to myself, I shot this Drake widgeon. He is like the one we shot the other day, like tuxedo clean, right? Mm-hmm. White, snow white, like white. And I'm like, he comes in and I'm like, holy God, do you see that? And I just pull up <laughs> and shoot him and they're all shooting Mallard Drakes. And I'm like, and they're like, who shot the widgeon? I'm like me, don't do that. You're ruining the picture. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? He was stone white. Like you just, you just lay him down and put your head on him and go to sleep. Like it was just a pillow. And they we were all like, and I'm like, oh crap, I better not do that again. Like I'm, am in hot water. What is there? Is there something you want? Mainly
1: the sea ducks that I, oh, I haven't yeah. had the opportunity to hunt. Cinnamon teal, I've Ooh. never got yeah, one of those. That's rare. I really like yes. to get uh, a uh, a really beautiful pintail drake. I've never had that opportunity. So,
0: in January, you guys come on out to me. Yeah. And we'll get you. There Adam amazing. who's the camera guy. Like Adam can tell you he shot his he shot his booner. It's at the it's at the taxidermist. Right Adam? Yeah.
1: Yep. It's <laughs> at the taxidermist
0: right yeah. now. We shot a monster last year. Like literally We, every, one, two, three, four, five of us, uh, everybody took their time and picked a pin tail. And if you laid them all out, it'd be like, nice one, nice one, nice one, nice one, holy crap. That was his, (laughs) oh, it was, like you literally laid them out and you could see the tail was two, two and a half, inches longer than everybody and we had shot some good ones mm-hmm. and it was like holy god that one will poke your eye out like that's how awesome <laughs> yeah, it was nice yeah so cool i mean there's so much so much that goes into this you know what i mean and, and the memories and chasing stuff and doing stuff it's just it, you know, it's a privilege to kind of be able to do this. You know, you guys do it for a living. Uh, now you're doing it in your retirement. You're doing it while you're still working. Pat's made a living out of it the, his whole life. Pretty fortunate, yep. you know. Very fortunate. You know, yep. to, to be agree. able to do this. And then and then to have the opportunity to, you know, get you guys involved in this and, and make this company, you know, so relatable and so... Um, man, just raise the level. I mean, literally raise the level of what we're doing and the, the set the bar so high of excellence where we're at right now. Like it's, it's pretty serious. Like I I think about it all the time. I know, you know, some people might take it for granted, but you know, I, I look at, I look at you guys and the birds that we're putting out. I say, we, you guys are doing most of the work. I'm just like, I'm just like the medium to stick it all together. But it's pretty impressive. Like I, I get a little, you know, this is this is a lifelong dream of doing this, and doing it with you guys is so much, so much better. I never dreamed that I would have this many, you know, world championships. I, I mean, my friend Don Guthrie is, uh, you know, he's been a huge carver and an influence in my life. You know, back at home, and you know, I tell him, you know, I told him like last week, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going over to where are you going this week? He's always like. Where are you going? I'm like, ah. I said, I'm going over to, to the Rogers office to visit everybody and have some meetings, and we're going to go hunting, and I'm going to see all the carvers, and we're going to hang out. And he's like, oh. He said, Who, who's going? I said, well, Wayne's coming down, and Pat Godin will be there, and Tom Christie. And, and no offense to you guys, but this is his guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like He has every one of your like pattern books. But as soon as I say this guy, (laughs) he comes over to the house in the office, and I have my pintail right by the office that you painted on, right by my, I mean, literally right on my desk, like almost right where this one is, and I'm on the computer, and and Don comes up, and he's like, oh, look at that. That's just a sweetheart. Look at that. Oh. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so he's he's he's, nice. he's, he's very your, kind.
0: He's a your true, he's your guy. He's a true fan. He he that. he is, and he's just been you know. But he's seen everybody's work here, and and, and you know because he's a carving guy, he admires you guys and what you do and 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 the stuff that you put out, and and you know it's cool that not just the carving guys but the customers now get to see this and your work because maybe they wouldn't be you know exposed to you guys uh, normally, but they get that box of decoys and it says you know two-time world champion Wayne Simpkin carved this and they're like, oh crap, like maybe I'll go look him up and see what else he's done or whatever. But you know, that's just cool. And, and, and guys get to kind of, you know, I don't know. This is pretty cool. I don't know what yeah. else to no, say. I'm, mean, I'm, I'm kind of stunned to, to be honest. To
2: see uh, bird carvings of the highest level. It's pretty much a rare opportunity. The only is, would be at the competitions which are kind of few and far between. And, you know, to have, you know, be able to see the quality pieces like this that it hopefully it opens a few people's eyes as to what's out there and make them look a little bit further. And and as we're talking earlier, maybe get them into carving their own pieces and, and and going to the shows and being able to share these quality birds that are
0: mass produced birds with people. I feel like this is, I mean, this is almost something that put it a contest you know i'm not i'm not like i'm not even joking like you talk about decorative birds and gunning birds together it's like i'm not saying you know you know yeah you can enter that in a contest because it's mass produced but like the paint scheme and how close like if you were looking at 50 feet like you'd have to look a little twice maybe the the way the anatomy is and, and how correct it is and the color from a little bit like you might go holy crap that's a contest bird
2: well, I mean I don't wanna to blow Tom's head up a little bit, but I mean the other day when we had that female widgeon sitting in the decoys and she was sitting right beside the hen that he'd done. And I mean the profile of those two birds. She
0: had her head tucked just yeah. like the damn decoy. Yeah. yeah. I mean literally. Yeah. I tried she, uh, so
1: hard to get a picture of that with my cell phone, but I think you guys got I think some Adam good got some
0: video of, of yeah. it and obviously so you'd was a see proud, that proud
1: proud moment. Yeah, yeah. proud
0: pop yeah. I mean yeah. that's I mean <laughs> that's, that's right. the experience. You know, that's as cool as yeah. it gets like
1: but you're right, Mario. I mean, you can't get better carving reference than that wood duck right there. Uh, yeah. Other than if you would yeah. buy a full blown yeah. decorative carving. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
3: a carver that wants to carve one of these species of birds. Uh,
1: like you they can could, go they off can, of it. They could
3: bit. learn a lot just from looking at these decoys.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you can't beat a three dimensional reference. You can use a lot of. Two-dimensional reference pictures, but it yeah. doesn't give you in the round. No,
0: no, in the round would be exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Listen, we appreciate you guys a bunch. Once again, Jamie Welsh is in here in South Carolina, and we miss Jamie. And and he's had some stuff going on, so he he couldn't make it. He was busy and whatnot. And Jamie's an incredible carver, and you know has done some awesome birds like the the new live lessers and 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 jamie did the spoonie that was like a bit, huge buzz you know last year that everybody's right. like oh look at that spoonie and the color Beautiful was just bird. sick and just everything about but you guys have definitely made this like a an easy an easy go and a and a, and a awesome awesome brand there's no doubt this is Pretty cool stuff so it's I. it's getting to say better thanks. and better every day. Uh, yeah. well yeah. you listen that you know trying to get to the top you know not as hard trying to stay to the top if you, if we get to the top that's huge so we're just you know grind away like keep going so getting after uh, it yeah so we appreciate all you guys and everything you do and hats off you know so there it is if you guys want to see anything else or or go to the websites you can you can literally go uh, to the FA Brand website, uh, FAbrand.com. You can go to the one in Canada, FAbrand.ca. We have European distributors if you're in any of the European countries. Is there anything like uh, pages, like we'll go through everybody's social media pages to find you, Wayne, or anything? I like
2: don't that? have any anything, but if anybody wants to contact sure. me through my email, there you go at uh, Wayne's Duck um, at gmail.com. I'd go. be more than happy yeah, to. Yeah, and if they want to get a hold of me, so. I'll get them in
0: touch with you. Yeah. But yeah. uh, you have your website, well, and, your website. Book and your book coming and, and all kind of stuff with you going That's on.
3: That's right. That's right. The website, uh, godenart.com, and uh, I've got a Facebook link there. Sure. Too. You can get right to my Facebook page. It's open to everybody. All kinds of neat little carving tips on there. Um, so you can look at that. Um, yeah, I have, uh, I have the. Published books already, and a new one coming sure, out. Sure. hopefully next spring. Yes, new book. It's more biographical, uh, covering well, my and career. Well, that's what
0: I mean. That's yeah. That was. Uh, that's what I meant with the book coming. It's yes. not like the other books that have yes. been done. This is totally different of yeah. what you've yeah. done in the past. Yeah, true. Uh, great, yeah. great
3: content in it. It'll be. Uh, it should be. A, it should be a good read for awesome. everybody.
0: Awesome. And then your your books
1: out. I have a book, uh, Carving a World Rig or Creating a World Rig, and that's a how-to book on three different species, carving and painting. And then I have uh, tomchristyart.com as my website. And I just started a YouTube channel. It's uh, Tom with a capital T, space, capital C, and I'm putting a lot of how-to stuff on that uh, YouTube channel to hopefully get people inspired and started in decoy carving
0: awesome so that's where you look for everybody appreciate you checking us out uh and it's all happening with final approach
3: thanks mario yeah thank Thank you you. guys thank you